war stories, bad moves VCs make, and the next episode will be bad moves that bad moves that founders make. All right. All right. If you like this podcast, uh, you can leave us a review. Six stars. We're we're ready to roll. Let's do it. All right. So bad VC moves. Okay. That's the name of the podcast. Okay. So we're not going to give any names, but I think people should know tricks that could happen. So if they happen to you, you're not like floored. Okay. And we want we want your deep secrets, Peter. I thought you were coming with a bunch of stories that I just I've got get a to react stories, to. But I want you to like also share stories. All right, we'll see. All right, so <laughs> um, the the names have been removed to protect the innocent and or guilty. <laughs> okay, <they said laughs> i.e., the names have been removed to protect our reputations. <laughs> our reputations? No, I'm fine with. The, I'd be fine with mentioning names. But fine. anyways, Peter's reputation. Okay, Peter's. There was a company that was going to exit and had a good offer on the table, according to what one of the investors at the table thought. Okay. To be yeah. fair, right? So we're not misinform- misinforming them. But the most recent investor wanted a better return, so they threatened to veto the deal unless their class of shares got a big dividend. Okay. And so they were going to blow up the whole deal if they didn't get something that they wanted. And you think this is bad acting? Potentially. The 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 person who submitted this story thought it was a bad act that this VC was a bad actor. Do you think they're a bad actor or no? What's the context? So, all right. Have you done this Th- This is like totally a scapegoat, but like it depends. Okay. Think about it this way. Wait, have you done this move? I have not done this move. Have but you thought about doing this move? No, because in large part because this is not the kind of games we play. But, um, so, but it has happened to me. Um, but okay, so so here's the issue. The issue is what happens if the founder comes to you and they're like, they lay out this big vision. They're going to build this thing into a billion dollar company, right? You sign up for it and you say, great, we'll put in money. And then six months later, an offer comes along that's at like, you know, basically the same valuation at which you just invested. Mm-hmm. And the founder's like, let's sell. And all the early employ, all the employees, all the early investors—they're all going to get like a great return on this, right? Okay. And you're like frustrated because you're like, "Look, I put this money to work in this company. I chose this company versus other places I could have put the money. Uh, and now, six months later, you're telling me that like you're throwing in the towel, at like, and I'm just going to get my money back, like." the opportunity cost there is really high. Like, again, I could have put it into something else that would have generated a two, three, five, ten 10 X return. Right. And now I'm just going to get my money back. And so like, yeah, if you, if I'm going to go through with this deal, then you got to give me something to help compensate me and my investors for the opportunity cost. Right. Of like, I can't just take that money and recycle it into another deal in many cases. Right. Some funds can, but a lot can't. So, I don't know. I can understand the frustration, um, but I don't know enough context to know, like, if they came to him and they're like, yeah, you're going to get, like, a 2x return, and then they were like, well, that's not enough. Wow, wow, wow. We need more dividends. Okay, like, let's just assume six months because I don't, I don't personally know the time frame on, on this. Right. I just know the names. Right. Like, let's say it's been six months. Yeah. You get a 2x return. Yeah. Look, if I got a 2x return in six months, I'd do that all day long, right? But I also have a different investment criteria than most. 
I mean, the IRR on that's like phenomenal, right? It's like mm-hmm. 180% or something crazy like that. Um, but if somebody, look, we had a deal like this happen not too long ago where the company got acquired for basically, uh, it actually got acquired for less than the valuation at which we invested in. But fortunately, we had liquidation preferences that protected our investment, right? And so that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, it's a little bit frustrating. In this particular case, like, I thought it was the right move and supported it. And that's, again, where it just, like, it really depends. Okay. So when is it a bad move in this context? I think, like, I, I think the bad move is when there's an offer on the table, the entrepreneur clearly wants to take it, um, and it's unclear whether or not there's a lot more like headroom for the company to grow, and the VCs come in and block. And then the company struggles because the founder's not into it, there, there wasn't that much headroom for more growth, and then the company collapses. And that does happen. Like I have seen that where like the the found the VCs should have taken the deal on the table. Um this is like on a side note, why <laughs> uh the meme account praying for exits, like I just love the name so much. Cause like as a VC, you put money in and then you just like pray every day that like somebody will buy that thing and that mm-hmm. you get liquidity because it just doesn't happen that often. It's like my mom always says, she's like, it's always easier to buy than it is to sell. Um, and so, I don't know. I think sometimes VCs, um, I don't know. It, it's challenging because the VC, right? It's like you got power lock going and, and you're like, hey, this is one of my winners and we we don't want to sell it too soon, mm-hmm. right? And miss out on but, all the upside. But when is, when's it a bad move? When you think the company has no more upside? Yeah, I think when the company has limited upside and when the founder really wants to sell. Because honestly, like, founders so, have the ultimate liquidation preference here. The ultimate, like, you know, because they, they can just be like, well, screw you, I'm walking. Or I'm not going to put on all my, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into this anymore. And then you won't have a great business, right? So I think VCs, like, unilaterally blocking and um, a sale that the founder really wants to do, I think that's usually a bad move Okay, that comes back to bite them. Got it. But I think you can sit down with the founder and like think it through, Mm -hmm. right? Like there was another example where the founder was like, hey, look, we have an offer on the table to be acquired. He's like, we could sell. I don't think that's the right move. I think we should keep growing it, right? So it kind of cuts both ways. Okay. Ready for the next uh, scenario. All right. Tell me the next one. All right. So again, uh, a report is that uh, there's a VC who's known for this, who (laughs) will agree to terms, have a term sheet created. Yeah. The day of signing or we were supposed to find like this sign the final agreement. We'll just throw in like one extra term. Like at the 11th hour, 59th minute. Uh Uh-huh. When everything's been agreed to, you know. Yeah. Hey, I don't know what, like the, the, supposedly this, this VC comes back and he or she says, Hey, you know, I've thought about it. I don't know if I can do the deal anymore. Hey, to get me over, I need X. Yeah. No, that's totally shady. Yeah. Okay. Why is it shady? Cause they should have known before that. Well, here's, here's the big problem is well, because they did know before. Right. Okay. 
and they did know before and they're using it as a negotiating tactic to get what they want and some vcs will play this game where not only will they do that but they'll also string the company along allowing the company to burn up capital so that it's in a more desperate situation okay and it has they have to take the deal because if they don't take the deal they'll they don't have any money to start the fundraising process over again and it's also like the vcs know this like if a deal falls apart at the 11th hour it's gonna be really hard to raise again right because all the other people that looked at your deal the first time are going to be like well why did it blow up the 11th hour what's wrong with this deal like it's like red flags all over the place so like it's it's a really like crappy thing to do because it definitely puts the founder in a real tough position no matter how you cut it right like it's just not going to look good to have to go back out to market either you won't have the cash to sustain it and or you've got all these red flags you now have to explain it's like anytime you're explaining you're losing so yeah now that's that's a crap thing to do but here's the thing like you do that once word gets out and then nobody trusts you right you become the funder of last resort funny this person's well trusted in the space yeah well I know other people that have done this okay. that are not well-trusted in the space. Okay. <laughs> they built this rep and they are the funder of last resort. Okay. And their firm, frankly, struggles to get access to the very best deals because of it. Wait, wait, are you thinking of the same firm I'm thinking of? I don't know who you're thinking of. All right. Let's go to the next one. Um, so this one, a friend was raising. They had a convertible note. And the convertible note, suppose they felt that their, I mean, this is, I don't know. They felt that their investors were purposely not putting more cash in mm. now because it would change the valuation and they wanted to convert to the lower, at the, at the valuation that is in the term sheet in the convertible note. Right. And then they would invest. Do you think that's just, Hey, this is hard business tactics. So. So like, let's say there was a cap on the convertible note at like 3 million and they're worth more, right? but they have, but, but they know they haven't raised. Um, I think the founder thought that the, they were looking for some sort of signal to other investors that the earlier investors would like come in again. Yeah. And, and they felt earlier investors were like, why? Because if we invest, if we wait, we get a much better valuation, then let's play the second inning. They were like, let's just put more money in the convertible note. Not the convertible note. They wanted the convertible note to hit hit its hit its maturity, and it had a, a prefixed valuation there. Yeah, that was lower than the supposed valuation that they may be able to raise at, and so they, they'd get like a ten or twenty percent discount, and then mm -hmm. after it converted, then invest again. To me, this just sounds like sloppy structuring. Okay, on the part of like the founder and the their attorney. Okay, because they should have just had like a very clean like cap, okay. and so it shouldn't really and cap plus discount and so it really shouldn't matter yeah the cap plus discount was lower than what they could have raised at yeah so according to so the but founder. then why does it matter right they felt that the vcs were specifically waiting to get that advantage before putting cash in again they said let's hit the cap then invest at the market like were they sorry i'm just trying to follow this because it doesn't quite add up to me so I don't have, I don't, I, so let's put some names, numbers on it. Like, I mean, I can share names, but then we'd have to edit it out. No, but let's just put some hypothetical numbers on it. Okay. 
So, so the convertible note was what? Give me some numbers. I don't know. Let's just say three and a half. Three and a half cap. Okay. And twenty percent discount. Mm-hmm. And the, what was the issue? Uh, what was the issue? Well, I think they were trying to raise it a five or six after that. Okay. Or higher. And the found just and, guessing. Just and the, guessing. right. These are all just we're just putting numbers to make it more concrete. And the other investors, the well, earlier investors, wanted them to not raise supposedly. So that they would get in, it would convert at the three and a half cap. But why wouldn't it convert at the three and a half cap? If they're raising at five, it, then it should automatically convert at the three and a half cap. So I'm just saying this is a move of a founder claimed that a VC ran against them. I don't have enough of the data to know yeah. all the, I, I don't know where they're raising at a, trying to raise it at a 10. They just felt that the VC, that they could, they had the ability to raise another round. Right. But they needed the initial investors, some of them to pony up and to carry the momentum and that those initial investors wanted to wait for the their notes to convert at the predefined valuation in the note versus doing it now and coming on at a higher valuation because they thought that investing at the market so, rate would give them a lower valuation. It'd be supposedly the investors thought it'd be, it would be worse for them. So what would make sense to me in this situation is if the insiders were like, "We're not going to price this. We're just going to put more money in the convertible note," and the founder was like. But the company's grown a whole bunch. So and I'm not like, sure. it's no longer valued at three and a half. Mm-hmm. So why would I take your investment at three and a half? And they were like, well, we're not going to pony up money unless we get a three and a half million dollar mm-hmm. valuation. And the founder was like, but if you don't pony up, nobody else is going to pony up at the like five to six. Should we should we phone a founder and find out what the actual terms are? Or? I mean, if you want. <laughs> or we could just cut this whole section because... All right, we'll cut the section. <laughs> it's been rough. I don't really know what's right. going on there. Next. So number three, okay? Yeah. Uh, Is this number three? Yeah. Number three, because that was three and you're going to cut it. Okay. All right, number three, VCs bribing founders to let them in on the next round or for them to choose their deal or for them to acquire the company. So when you say bribing, what what constitutes bribing? So I again... So like again, literally like cash exchanging hands? Uh, if I look at my text message, I believe... So to me, they wanted me, this VC specifically wanted me to ask you the bribing question. Okay. But they didn't give me more context. Okay. Is it okay for a VC to bribe a founder? To accept their deal. To accept their deal for the next round or the current round? To either sell or for the current round. All right. What what examples of bribing have you seen? Uh, well, I mean, there's lots, okay. but usually they're not that overt. In terms of like, here's cash, right? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that's not even true. Okay, all the ways in which VCs bribe founders, they fly them on their private jet to yeah. courtside seats with okay. the you know the Warriors game, the Jazz game, or the you know pick your game, right? Okay. Um, they, is that a bribe or is that a cost of business? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, what constitutes a bribe, right? Okay. Um, so they'll do all kinds of things like that. They'll invite them to retreats. Mm-hmm. At the Yellowstone Club, and you know, like super swanky, blah blah blah, or or different, um, you know, hella skiing or whatever, right? So they do a bunch of. I've seen VCs do stuff like that. Is that a bribe or networking? I don't know. Depends on how you define bribe, right? Are you calling these bribes? <clears throat> I think. Well, what is a bribe? Right, a bribe is some sort of person. It's some sort of a benefit the individual receives that the rest of the people at the table don't participate in. Right, right. 
So if the VCs, I mean, does the VC provide that same benefit to everybody else? Every other founder? No, right? I think they benefit is because that, the, I mean, it's at the same time, it's not a sure thing. Sure. And the founder in this case is... Well, no bribe worthless. is a sure, sure thing. Well, no bribe is a sure thing. But in this case, like, let's say courtside tickets to your, your like a, an NBA playoff. Yeah. In this scenario, the founder is also trying to work to get a deal for the company. Yeah. I think an, an example that I think they gave, which to me doesn't make complete sense. Okay. Yeah. Let's is that example. if there was a 25, oh, I got to make sure that my computer screen's not on. I'm going to pull it up. Da, 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 da. Do, 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 do. Where is this text message? So other ways in which I've seen VCs bribe is by allowing the founder to do secondaries. So they'll come in and they'll be like, Hey, look, uh, if you take our deal, we'll, in, we'll include buying out a million dollars of your secondaries, right? And that's actual like cash going into their pocket. Now, technically, they're also buying shares. So, you know, they'll couch it in all kinds of things. They'll say, well, you know, we we want to invest $10 million because we need to own 20% of the company. And we, but we also know the company only really needs like 5 million in order to, uh, to hit its goals. And so we'll buy $5 million of shares from the founders. Right. Uh, and, and that's how they, they justify it themselves and how the founders justify it them to themselves. Um, but I would argue that in a lot of ways that could be construed as, as very much a bribe, right? It's like, well, yeah, I'm going to put millions of dollars in my pocket. Yeah. I'm going to go with these guys who are going to give me that deal versus those guys who aren't right. Mm -hmm. Have you seen other examples besides that? Or are those the main ones? I don't know. I think those are the main ones. I think the example they gave it is they said it would be like holding back 25% of the sales price as an incentive for management to stay on after the acquisition. But I don't know if I see, I don't see that as a bribe. So I don't know if they had just a, How a is that a thought. bribe? Like holding back 25%? Yeah, we're going to replace that one. We're going to have to have edit this one. But I think it's a good question. Uh, here's the question for you, John. He says it's a little bit fine. Anyways. Here's a question for you on the bribery. Okay. Is any of that a problem to you? I think if you if you look at what's happening for the overall the shareholders, so if yeah. the if the seat or the founder is going to the Knicks games, yeah, and they're whining and dining at them, and it's perhaps setting everyone else up for a better return, then yes. But what if it's what if it's like here's a VC fund that is not a very good partner, is not the right partner for the company. And the founder only goes with them because they got courtside tickets when they could have gotten a much better VC that would have been more value add. I think that Does is that the problem. And I think I think the reality is like the funds that have to play the like courtside seat tickets okay. don't have like anything more interesting to offer. Right. Okay. I mean, I look at when you pick a VC, you're looking at who can help you get into your next round of funding yeah. or your acquisition. And does this courtside tickets help you do either of those things? Well, no. So I think that that would be a separate issue. Your point. I is think that... about it like is that the is the benefit being shared broadly with shareholders, or is the person who's making the decision getting some sort of benefit that other shareholders aren't getting? Right. I think that's where it becomes like this gray area. Are you saying a lot of founders will pick the 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 ride in the jet versus the the Sequoia or the university growth funds of the world? I don't know. I don't know if they will or not, but you know, it is ways in which VCs try to quote unquote bribe. 
mm-hmm. cajole, convince I mean, founders it, to go with them versus somebody else. And like I, to your earlier point, is it just a cost of doing business? Maybe. You're trying, you need to get people's attention. You need to get them in the room. Yeah. People do business with people they're friends with. Going to basketball games is a good way to develop friendships and relationships. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think it's, I think it's a definite gray area. Okay. Right. Because it could, to your point, it could be like totally legit. I would look at all good reasons. It could also be like, you know, like think about if you're a co-founder, but you're like a junior co co co-founder and the CEO just like got whisked off to Aspen. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're like toiling away, working hard and you don't really like the, the, the guy, the, the venture fund that's coming in. Cause they're like pushing like, you know, harsh terms or whatever. They don't have as big of a, of a option pool or what have you. Right. But the founder's like, yeah, oh, no, we're going with them. Right. Cause they're good guys. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, well, pff, yeah, of course you think they're good guys. You just spent a week in Aspen on their bill. Okay. Right. Well, I was sitting here toiling away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I think a better example maybe of the bribe scenario would be hey, take our deal and we're going to give you equity as part of this deal. But again, that would be disclosed. And everyone would have to t- and I guess if the founder had the ability to accept that deal over another deal. Yeah. But like they're going to specifically give the founder equity. So they're they're saying like, hey, take our deal and we promise that when we're voting to allocate more of the option pool to people that you'll get a bigger chunk of it. Mm-hmm. That's the question. That'd be a much better like, hey, here's a bribe. Yeah, that feels. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna help. That feels sh- sketchy. We're gonna make sure you get you know more equity in following. Okay, okay. So that feels sketchy, but talking out of the other side of my mouth here. It depends. It depends because like, let's say I come in and I'm like, look, we need to reprice this company, right? We need to price it at a lower valuation, but we still want to make sure you're heavily you and your team are heavily incentivized. So. Uh, if you accept our terms, we're going to lower the valuation, then we're going to bump up the option pool, and it's going to hurt all existing shareholders because they're getting diluted by this bump in the option pool. But you as a founder will get more mm-hmm. so that you are still incentivized. And like, I can see a very like reasonable case for that, right? Okay. I had a friend who just raised and walked out with a $2 million check from after the raise and had a higher percentage of ownership of the company than he did or she did going in. Wow. Good for them. Mm-hmm. They're probably really good fundraisers. That one I want all the details on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like it was either like the, the fund that backed him was kind of a sucker or there wasn't very much competition for the deal or they, or sorry, no, there was a ton of competition for the deal and the founder could like name their price. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. All's fair in love and war, right? For sure. And I think at that at that case, the VC wanted to make sure the founders and it wasn't just the founder. I would think it was the initial founding team. Yeah, was properly incentivized to run to run the whole way. Right. So it just surprised me. Yeah, they they they'd they'd taken some chips off the table to clean up any of their like needs, mm-hmm. so that they could swing extra hard on the future. Yeah it's a it's a common it's a common justification let us invest and we'll give you more equity yeah which i mean where did the equity come from i mean 
it came from other investors or other shareholders mm-hmm. that were not the founders. Right. So I think in this case, so the founding team. The founding team came out ahead by basically taking value from all the other insiders, common and preferred. Potentially. But no, there's no other way to do it. Mathematically, like you can't like give people money mm-hmm. and increase I'm their saying, ownership I'm, I'm saying, I, I haven't <laughs> and invest money in the company. Like mathematically, you and not have, have anybody get hurt. I haven't seen the docs. I understand right. your point. I'm just trying to say. I'm Yeah. It, look, it's fine if that's what they all agreed to, but mm-hmm. but that's the reality. Like like equity didn't just magically appear out of thin air, right? Mm-hmm. A bunch of people got diluted. So mm-hmm. this is why it's important to... <laughs> so one of the things VCs do is we'll put on a ton of terms, clauses, other kinds of things on our preferred shares. And sometimes people like... You know, they push back and they're like, oh, VCs are like so, so greedy and selfish and controlling and all these things. The reality is that um, if you're not at the table, you're on the table. And I would argue that the people in that scenario that didn't have protective provisions in place to keep this sort of thing from happening were on the table and just got sliced up and eaten. Okay. So... That's ultimately why VCs do it, because the further along the company gets, if you don't have some of those protective provisions early, you end up being on the table, not at it, right? But if you have those provisions, now all of a sudden you're in a negotiating standpoint because at a minimum you have to relinquish those rights, which gives you some power in the conversation. Okay. So. Don't get eaten. Is this another quote from your mom? No. Quotes from your mom are amazing. Now, this quote is from uh, our good friend, Ben Dahl. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's like really attributed to him, but he's the one that taught me that lesson. Sounds good. I love Ben. All right, guys. Thanks for watching Venture Capital.fm. Leave your reviews. Give us six-star reviews. Leave comments, things like that. We want to know how to make the show better. So thanks, and join us next time for Bad Founder Moves.